Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Heat are one game away from the NBA Finals as they beat down Boston in Game 3. The Panthers took care of business in Carolina, now need two more to make another Finals appearance. And the 105th PGA Championship goes to a familiar name. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! back another episode what's going on my brother oh my god two days away <sighs> i can almost taste it Dog, it's the excitement bro all these memes that we've been seeing in the chat like for the miami golf bros open of 2023 third installment it's gonna be a, a great tournament, a great time, and yeah, dog. It's, there's not enough memes in this world to go <laughs> explain what's going on in that chat, dog. Yep, I keep saying it. The boys are buzzing, and the buzz is growing every day that we get closer to this trip. And we're here. We're here. Wizards of the week. Yeah. Uh, we'll be heading out on Thursday. The major everybody will be. Some of us will be playing on Thursday. <clears throat> For others, uh, the, the weekend will start Thursday night. When we all get together and we all get to say our hellos and get really hyped up about what's about to go down the Absolutely. next three days. Absolutely, man. So if you guys haven't already, make sure you guys are subscribed to my boy's YouTube channel, Miami Golf Bros. Got a new logo dropping soon. Got a, an amazing content dropping soon. And you got this tournament coming up after that. You know. We're Tons out here. of content on the grind, on the grind. You know, just bringing golf to the to the masses. Trying to jump on the the uh, the golf train here. Nah, brother, you're leading the way. Hey, you're leading the way down here, my doing man. Doing what I can, doing what I can. What's good with you, bro? I'm goody, man. Uh, Fresh ass shirt you got right there. Thanks, dog. Shout out to Empire Boutique. They I got your boy was, ready for this golf trip. You know I what I'm saying? Figured that was an Empire exclusive right there. The, Shout the, out to the boy. The the drip is always on point when you go see Empire, dog. There's that's a fact, man. So if you guys haven't already, go check them out. Miami Springs is the location, and you can definitely get some fresh-ass gear like your boy Soap. And I've even been walk, rocking some of their stuff on the Heat recaps, you know? You've been killing those. You've yeah, killing man. Those. It's been a lot of fun, especially on this run, right? For real, dog. Yeah, it's been money for us. Dog, it's it's crazy because, you know, we talk about this stuff off air all the time, right? Like, as far as what are we going to do for the show and how are we going to keep the Heat season rolling? And we are just like, well, we just got to make the playoffs so we have something to talk about. And now what we got, instead of something to talk about, is something to marvel at and really pay attention to how this team has blossomed blossomed into a real contender, dog. A real NBA championship contender. It's wild to see it, bro. It's funny. And we were like, damn, and, you know, May, you know, the heat, the way the season is going. We don't really see us, you know, being able to cover them. So we got to rely on the Marlins and what they got going on as far as for the content and the podcast. And here we are, you know, middle to the end of May. And we're looking like we're going to be, you know, seen in June. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, when we talked about our potential, uh, you know, Eastern Conference Finals matchup or opponent between Philadelphia and Boston, I mentioned that Philadelphia was obviously the easier route and that we would have a hard time beating a team like the Celtics. Not saying that we wouldn't, right, or that we couldn't, but we were going to have a harder time because of how good that team is, right, quote-unquote, on paper. And then we get this weird-ass stat to come out before game one where they give Boston a 97% chance to win the game. ESPN, right? by the way. ESPN. Stats well, that's, and info. That's who came up with that. And he'd go out there and just do something that 
you know, very few teams have been able to do, and that go out there and win a third game one on the road in the same exact postseason. postseason. Yeah. yeah, that's un- that's unheard of. Unheard of. <laughs> and another thing, we go on and win that game, and then. We don't even get bumped up that much as far as what they think our percentages are to win it. And the way we won it, Joel, like it was a 123 to 116 victory, right? The Heat were down 9, 66, 57 at the half. And then they come out and explode in the fourth quarter for 46 points. Something that a lot of teams haven't been able to do against a team like Boston. But the Heat were just so focused. And, you know, they're being led by Jimmy Butler who is a physical force, a mental force to deal with. And his imprint has been all over this series from that game one. Uh, It was Jimmy Butler's fifth game with 30 points or more uh, during this heat run. You know, more importantly, with a six steals, in my opinion, that active. he had got in that one game, especially in the third and fourth quarter. Active, bro. Super active all over the place. And everybody else feeds off of that game. Of Vincent, course. Bam, Strews. Caleb Martin, our third best player. All of these guys are feeding off the, the leadership that Jimmy is providing. And when we saw that happen in game one, it was like, yeah, this is what we're here for, right? We're here for the battle. We're showing Boston that we're very committed to this series and we're very committed to putting our best on the court at all times. And I don't think Boston was able to match that energy. They got ahead of themselves, ahead of themselves by a, a lot, a wide margin. Because you saw the shit with Hor- uh, Horford hitting the shots and then calling, doing the timeout thing. Yeah, that was game Jason, one. Jason Tatum will hit a big three or something like that to close the lead, and he'll do this to the crowd, like, hey, bring it on. And then you go right out and put a stink in the fourth quarter, and he doesn't score a single field goal. Absent, bro. Absent. We held Jalen Brown and, and uh, Jason Tatum to, like, two points combined in yep. the fourth quarter of that game or something yep. like that. Yep. They were absent. They, they, they've been absent, man. And then you, you think there's no way. All right, we, we stole one on the road game one, right? There's, right. There's no way we're going to. 15 in NBA history to do that, that we were talking about earlier, by the way. Yeah. But we're thinking, no no way we're going to win two in, the, in a row on the right. road, right? And then, boom, Jimmy Butler happens like yet again. Well, this was the infamous uh, Grant Williams game, which... You know, I'll give credit to Grant Williams. You know, so far through three games, he's been the only Celtic to show a little bit of fire. But besides that, he's an idiot for for waking the beast. I mean, you messed with the wrong guy, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. You totally messed with the wrong guy. And then you call him like washed up or some shit like that. Activate him. And then he comes back down, scores nine straight points on your ass and tells the coach, get this guy out of here before I keep destroying him. And sure enough. Boston calls a timeout, and guess who Guess who goes to the bench? Grant Williams. This is a, a beautiful example of how Jimmy fits he culture and why he was the perfect fit here and not anywhere else. He's the embodiment of he culture. We are about being dogs. Nobody's giving us a chance. F that. We believe in ourselves. Oh, we win game one in impressive fashion. You guys still don't want to respect us? Cool. We'll go out here and win game two as well. And they get the victory 111 or 105. But, you know, they can't, they uh, the way they won this game, overcoming a 12-point fourth quarter deficit, that's not, that's not easy to do, dog. On the road. But, again, we're fueled by a guy like Jimmy Butler who says, we don't need, need to put up a bunch of threes or get a bunch of pretty dunks. And let's grind this game out. And that's exactly what they did, dog. And when, when Grant Williams activated Jimmy Butler, he wasn't going to hold back. 
And the rest of the game, you can tell that everybody was looking at Bam from the Heat's perspective and saying, yo, let this dude touch the ball. Let him touch the ball and we'll figure it out. Everybody else keep doing your thing, but just give Jimmy the ball and we'll rely on him. Just just clutch winning plays, clutch awareness of the basketball flow, right? Like what's happening, who is Boston trying to get to, who's really trying to attack the rim. And then on the opposite side, you see Jason Tatum disappear yet again. Another fourth quarter where he doesn't have a field goal, gets all his points so far in from the free throw line. And when you when you kind of see that happening, I'm sure these guys get even more amped up because they're like, yeah, we're shutting this dude down. Like, it's working. Keep it up. You put even more is, pressure. This is a team that beat us last year to go to the finals. Yep. Came down to one shot, you know, but we went seven games. Right? Yep. It came down to the end. Yep. And they're just rolling over. They're big three, you know, quote unquote, big three, Jason Tatum, Jalen uh, Brown, and Marcus Smart. I've really not had an impact in this series nope. whatsoever. We've seen more of their, I've seen more Pritchard in this series than, than, than I think Celtics fans wanted to see. Robert Williams. That, <laughs> you know? That's probably been their second best player. Uh, yeah, I would say so, bro. Active, getting boards for them, you know, rebounds, def- offensive and defensive, and then putting them back. The man hasn't missed a free throw yet, and this is a notoriously bad free throw shooter. And he's just playing, like you said, with some type of energy, some type of will. To be like, yo, if I'm if I'm close to the ball, if I can affect something, if I can do anything, I'm going to do it to my best ability. And he's been out rebounding us by himself. He's been blocking shots, getting rebounds, like just being effective. Yep. But you don't see that from, from Jalen Brown. Nope. You don't see that from Jason Tatum. You don't even see that shit from Marcus Smart. Good. That's good for us. Yeah, obviously. But it's just like it's shocking to me because I thought that they would give us more of a fight. Uh, we all did. Every, if everybody, everybody did, did right and i think that's what's happening right now is that they're like you know we win that first one on the uh, you know at home and they're like all right i'll good and you know brush that off we'll get it back yeah and then they didn't no. and they're down two and then they're like all right well this game in miami is a must win game and they came out they came out a little you know aggressive you know early on but we have not been stopped no we have our role players that are dominating for us, which is helping Jimmy not have to take over the game as much. When he needs to, it's like, release the Kraken. Right. We got him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let Jimmy do his thing if need be. Right. And, and But if our role players are clicking, which this postseason, our role players are helping us get to where we are. Man. Then we are unstoppable right now. When you got a guy like Duncan Robinson who missed half the season sitting on the bench, putting up 22 points for you in route to a win, a, a 20-something point victory. Yeah, yeah. And not only just him, right? Like, those things become available, and you and I know this, and, and True Heat fan know this, because the Heat's offense is led by their defense. If they can play really good defense and force, force teams into bad shots, bad, bad turnovers, um, get steals, that just eats, leads to easier buckets for the Heat. And then you see that type of team effort night in, night out from everybody on the bench. Anybody who's an unsung hero, right? Uh, even in that game two victory, you know, the Heat really relied on Caleb Martin to come in and, and hit big shots. They really relied on, on Struess to come through and hit big shots. And guess what? They did. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent showing up. 
being a nuisance, right? And just being an extra threat that they have to deal with. This is the type of team that wins championships because of how gritty they are, how committed they are to the one mental uh, thought and drive to say, hey, we're doing everything possible to win every single moment in every single game, right? And win those little battles. The Heat have done that. Celtics haven't even gotten close because even when they throw a punch, the Heat answer with a haymaker and it's haymaker after haymaker after haymaker. This team improved to 6-0 and when facing a double-digit deficit. Let's Think about how, how good that team has to be on his defense to be like, damn, they got to the 100 points before us. Damn, they got to 90 points. All right, let's, let's lock it down and get the dub. And they've done it. And I said that, you know, before the series even started. The Heat were going to be better defensively than the Celtics because of how they've been winning their games. Yeah, they've hit big shots, but it's off their defense. And right now, they're the best defensive team in the NBA or left in the in the playoffs. Definitely better than Denver. Definitely better than the Lakers. Obviously better than the Celtics. This team is just defensively beyond sound and it's, and it's, and it's wild. And it's not just, uh, you know, the, the scheme, you know, obviously coach pro and, and, and staff putting up, you know, developing, you know, a great scheme defensively to be able to, you know, make sure they're using these guys to their full potential. Yeah. But then credit to the players for really believing in it and going all out. Yeah. We've seen a hundred percent effort from everybody, not just Jimmy, not just Bam, from Lowry, from Kevin Love, from Robinson, from Martin. I mean, the list goes on and on. We're getting 100% effort. And that's all you can ask for. Straight if up. you get 100% effort and you got good coaches that you know are, are leaders and you still end up losing the game, you know what? It is what it is. Maybe it wasn't your night. Shots weren't dropping, whatever. But if you play your game and you have both of those, it's usually a, a recipe for success. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now, bro. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, after game one, I think I text my boss because he's a Boston fan. I, I just text him uh, uh, the broom emoji. <laughs> and then now here we are three games in and we're one one game away from from the sweep on the Celtics. Yeah. And the, the, the and second seeded Celtics second seeded Celtics after taking out the f- number one seeded uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks. And, and what was the Knicks? The fifth seed? Fifth seed. Bro, this 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 third game that we won right on Sunday night, 128 to 102. That was a total team effort. And it was the bench guys. It was those guys that get overlooked, those guys that they don't really try to defend or try to lock down and game plan against. It was those guys literally busting the Celtics' ass and broke their hearts for the rest of the season, yeah. for sure. I think I think game two, we had six guys that all had at least 15 points. points. And yep. then this game, I think we had five or six guys that all had at least a, like 10 or or. Yeah, like I think double yeah. digits. It was six guys in double digits. In double digits. Leading scorer was Gabe Vincent, career high twenty nine points, points. on s- on six of nine three point shooting. I mean, he, Just, he went off that game, dog. Pulling up, like sometimes I get a little bit on Vincent because I'm like, yo, that's not a great shot to take. Right, make the extra pass. 
But when the kid's six for nine, bro, I mean. You got to feed the hot hand, man. Unload, homie. <laughs> let unload. it go. Yo, and let me tell you, like, big, they're like, he's playing big in the sense that he's he's not making mistakes, bro. Like, you would think, like, you know, every, the whole thing, is right, is the undrafted players. Miami's playing with Which X is getting old. undrafted players. Well, yeah, that's just their narrative for, for, for the TV. Because since they don't talk about us, they got to try to spin it somehow. Like, why right. aren't we talking about them? Well, because they got all these undrafted players that nobody knows. And look what they can do with them. It's like. Whatever, bro. Like, they don't care about that. To those guys, they are professional basketball players Correct. in the NBA. So if they put the work in, they're going to see the results. And they are definitely seeing the results that they want to see right now. Joel, they're playing with confidence. Confidence, bro. Pure confidence. Because for a guy like Gabe Vincent to do the uh, 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 step back three, like he feeds Steph Curry, dog, it just shows you that he, he really believes that ball's going in. Or when they're putting pressure on him. Full Make, court and making the and right he's pass. Not, he's not making the mistake and, and dribbling it away, or you know what I mean, turning the ball over or forcing a bad pass. He, the kid, the kids got talent, man. Yeah, that for kid's sure. Stud. And then you talk about another guy, bro. A guy that the beginning of the year, you and I were like questioning: Is this really the four? Is this really our starting four for the season? Did we, you know, I get it. We paid him two year, you know, twenty million dollars somewhere along those lines. I don't know the exact contract, but we were like, damn, is this our starting four? Now we're looking at Caleb Martin like. Yo, this guy's gonna go out and get a fat contract somewhere else. Time to give that guy a hug, dog. Just give him a good dab. The, the the dab that you bring in, you know what I mean. You you dab him up. I'm gonna go dab up J Cole. <laughs> dog, this guy has. I said it earlier, and it's no slight to anybody else on the team, but Caleb has been our third best player this entire season, dog. A dude who took that job, right, being an undersized four, and just doing whatever it takes to help the team win, and it wasn't great at times. But this dude has never lacked the confidence to say, I can I can do what they're asking me to do. I can do that. And it's just exploded for him, this playoffs. And he took it personal, you know, as well as the rest of the team. They took it personal when the Celtics were defending him in a certain type of way, defending Duncan in a certain type of way. And now we see the evolution of those guys and how they've been able to translate that to say, I'm going to become a better basketball player for this team. Bro, how many times did we see Duncan... Pull up to the three-point line, fake the pass, cut in, back door, get the layup, and make the layup. Those are things that we weren't seeing last year. He's a, he's evolving to become more of a threat and be available to be on the court. Same thing with Martin, dog. He's improved as a three-point shooter. 100%. He, he hit always been a great threes, defender. He always hit, been a great defender. Always. And he can be explosive, but now he he's he's contributing early and often for bro, the Heat. Bro, you got 15 threes between Gabe, Duncan, and Caleb off the bench. 15 threes. Team only made 19 to give you an idea for that game. These are guys that the Heat can rely on to put in bare minimum and the bare minimum being 12 to 15, 16, 18 points. Because that's an average night for Caleb, right? 18 points. That's pretty good. Bam didn't even have 20 points. He ended up with 13. Yeah, they did. didn't even need him. He didn't need to. Right? He Jimmy was still, but he was still active on every other aspect. That We, like, we didn't need him to put up 20 because Gabe was picking up the slack. So was uh, Duncan Robinson. Get, uh, Max Struess, t- 10 points. You know, everybody's Chipping like, ah, in. that's kind of weird. Max, he didn't need to. Duncan Robinson had 22 points. Chipping in, dog. You know, so when that happens, we're going we're, we're gonna to have some guys that aren't, aren't going to have as many looks. But if their defense is still there and they're still making plays and getting right. outlets for these guys, it's it's a dub at the end of the day. At the end, Forget about the stat sheet. And in the manner that they've been doing it this entire postseason, in the team aspect, we're now relying on Jimmy Butler to go out there and put up 40 points. Even though he has given us those type of games, right? And he's still averaging uh, 
you know, 29 points for the postseason, which is obviously amazing. But this dude is, is doing things that, like, Michael Jordan did in the playoffs, right? And those, and I, I saw a good stat that Delphin sent um, in the in the, the Heat, in the 44 minutes that Jimmy, Bam, and Caleb have shared on the court versus the Celtics. This is their stats. They have a 133.7 offensive rating, a 76.9 defensive rating, right? Plus 56, plus 58 net. Right. So obviously that's that means that these guys are being super effective on offense and defense at the same time. He have a as a team have a 72 percent true shooting percentage and a three point six to turnover ratio in those minutes. Talk about high level chemistry. So that just back to my point about this team being so defensively better than the Celtics. You can have those three guys, which are probably our three best defenders. Right. Have great offensive outputs. And put in anybody else there on the court with them. Dog, we've seen Zeller get minutes. Heisman has barely played. But we've seen Caleb come in. We've seen Duncan come in and be effective on defense and offense. Shit, last night we even saw Nikola Jovic. Make his playoff debut, my o- dog. Omar Yurtsevin. Yurts. And uh, Haywood Highsmith all came into the game because we were whooping that ass so bad. And, and, and the, the crowd was, was chanting for UD to get in the game. My dog only comes in for finals, dog. Chill out. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, it was just an ass whooping, right? In all its sense of the word, you look at the offensive rebound stats and the rebound stats and how the Heat lost that battle. Okay, yeah, true. But defensively, they were much better forcing uh, the Celtics into bad shots. And we were still active on defense. We got another game with seven steals with four blocks while only committing nine turnovers. That's pretty good defensively. I feel, sound. Like, I feel like we just we've been pretty disciplined, bro. Hell yeah, my man. Hell yeah, and yeah, we've had bad possessions in, in timely moments, right? And those things are gonna happen yeah. when you're in the battle of of winning an Easter Conference Finals and trying to get to a championship. It's gonna happen. Yeah, but the Heat always find a way to have an answer, and that type of stuff is just unprecedented, unprecedented to have. You know, for such a long run, I can see it in stretches on the way to a championship. But the Heat have dominated, dog. Dominated the the Bucks, could have swept the Knicks if we're being realistic, and now are in a position to sweep the Celtics. Come on, my boy. So here's a I don't know if I'm being delusional here, not delusional, but uh, irrational here in in my logic for what I'm about to say. But part of me doesn't want us to close out and win Game Four tomorrow Ooh. or tonight when you're hearing this. And hear me out. Hear me out. You want to break the, the hearts in Boston? The soul. The, no, not even so much for that. That'd be nice. But the sole reason for it is, if we if they force a game five, we'll be on the golf trip first night of the trip. Damn, that'll be cool. That would be lit for all of us to get to watch that together and yeah, go crazy cool. on that resort after a heat win, bro. Yeah, that'll be cool. Um, but, we'll be able to do it for the Panthers. Right, because they they'll be holding down the fort. They will, but I have a feeling we're closing this game out, game four at home. Yeah, no doubt, bro. No doubt, Joel. Anything. I felt like the Celtics gave up that game because yeah. a big point um, for me in that game, and you can go check out the the post game recap, was the fact that the Celtics were complaining for calls, yeah, complaining no, about everything, the complaining game. the whole game instead of playing with some type of. Energy, grit, determination, will, anything to because you're down too old. I wouldn't even expect them to get chippy, dog. Like, you right? know, like somebody, like they were saying yesterday, Reggie Miller was like, I would, he's like, back in the days, like somebody would have got a flagrant by now. Like, try to do something. something like, dog. there's no life. Like, try to like bring some light. And I kind of like respect that. Like, yeah, dog, like you guys are just 
Taking it. down and taking it, bro. Like taking come, it. Come on, dog. Do taking something. It. Bro, when 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 the fourth quarter started and Boston didn't put in any of their starters and the coach is benching these guys, that that just shows me that they gave up on this series. No, nah, Missoula is just, you know, inexperienced. You could see it game one when he threw down the clipboard. Yeah. You know, in frustration. Not it's calling like, a timeout during the Heat's run. It's like, bro, you you got to relax, bro. You can't be doing that kind of yeah, shit. You're going to yeah. lose your players. And when I saw that game one, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. It's like, I got maybe should spend more time watching tape on the Heat and less time watching the town. And maybe he, he'd be doing better. <laughs> even even on, during his post game, right, after the game three defeat, he's like, oh, this, you know, I didn't have the team prepared. You didn't have the team prepared. The team themselves should have been prepared. Like, you're down too old. And you're going into the Heat's house. You got to be amped for that game. You got to be ready to do whatever it takes to win that game. Because if not, you're down 3-0. And there's no coming back from that. There's no coming back from that. Again, it just shows how easily the Celtics gave up. How they have a big-time lack in leadership. Because I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, Horford may be a vet. They have Tatum. They have Brown. They have Smart. None of those guys are leaders. Especially in comparison to our leader, which is Jimmy, not even a, not even close. And Bam, uh, we, we got to shout out Bam. I yes. mean, I feel like we always talk about Bam in this episode. We were kind of heavy on everybody else, but Bam is giving us, you know, at least me for sure. I can speak for myself when I say, you know, he's lived up to the expectations that he hadn't lived up to before in the postseason last year. You know, and, and he's playing like he did back in the bubble. He's being aggressive. I mean, in game three, highlights upon highlights between, you know, the connection with him and Duncan Robinson on the alley or if he's just one-on-one on ISO, he's going to go ahead and hit you with a nice little spin move. Pop, I'll put you on your ass and just yamming <sighs> on you. That was a beautiful highlight right there, too. So shout out to and Bam. And he almost funked it on fucking Tino. I, I, I love how aggressive he's being. I love, you know, his decision making. I, I Obviously, his defense, you can't say enough about it. But a huge yeah. shout out to Bam, the way he's been playing in this series against the Celtics. Bro, he really took accountability on himself after that game two loss to the Knicks. And ever since then, we've seen a different type of Bam. The Bam that we wanted to see, he's now giving it to the people. So nobody can tell Bam shit moving yep. forward, dog. You can't. You can't tell Bam shit. Uh, like I said, man. Heat are one game away from the NBA Finals. NBA Finals are slated to start June 1st, which is a Thursday. So obviously we're going to do that breakdown and, and get into that once the Heat make it. Game 4 is tonight, by the time you're hearing this, Tuesday at 8.30. Game 5, if it should happen, which I doubt, is going to be Thursday, like Joel was saying, um, during our golf trip at 8.30 up in Boston. Me personally, I don't think it's going to get there. I think the, the Celtics are going to try to come out with some type of punch. The Heat know that they're going to have to absorb that punch and and fight back and ultimately put the Celtics to rest, you know, and, and see what this extra break would do for a guy like Tyler Hero. Because just I think just having him on the bench for the finals, even though he he's not going to play because he would, that wrist would be way too sore, dog. There's no way if he was healthy. I don't I don't think he would start either way. But if he's healthy, even healthy, do you want to plug him in at any point? Nah, you can't. You can't. Once once the team gets rolling, playing in a certain way, you're rolling with that. That's why um, that's why Zod- uh, Zeller's getting his minutes, Caleb's getting his minutes, Duncan, Lowry, uh, all of these guys are earning their minutes because of how they're playing. So when they get called upon, they've been answering the bell. Nobody's really been called upon and be like straight dud. Some may argue that Zeller has been that. But in my, def- nah, we're still getting some good production from him for his small. What's minutes. the expectation level yeah. from that guy? Yeah, you know, it's, be it's out there, be a the body. Though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, 
Let's see. Um, Game yeah, four, man. That'd be interesting, man. Game four, sweet. Go heat, Ooh, baby. Go heat, man. Make, like I said, make sure you guys, uh, if you haven't already, you're you're slipping. But make sure you guys are subscribed to Sports with So So YouTube channel. You guys are going to be able to get every single heat post game recap there. And uh, yeah, it's a vibe, man. We're definitely going to have to invite some people. I know that Joel doesn't like to stay up late too much, but we're going to have to pull him. Pull them in for one of these finals appearance for sure. Yeah, yeah, maybe the finals. Yeah, right? Finals, you got to do that. Different story. Different story, man. Um, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Now, a team that we got to talk about in that same energy, same light, same passion, because they've excelled all of our expectations. Exceeded. And exceeded, right? Uh, all of our expectations and um, really put the NHL on its head. We're talking about the Florida Panthers continuing to win Games on the road, get two games up in Carolina to start this Easter Conference Finals. If you know nothing about hockey, just know this. <laughs> the Florida Panthers are the Miami Heat of hockey. Straight up. That's it. That's it. Matthew Kachuk, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Wow. That's all you got to know, dog. Yeah, and you saw the picture of Jimmy like I mean, warming up in the Kachuk jersey I'll and say, shit. I'll go as far as saying Barkov is bam. I like it. Going you, I like it. You see, now you're getting somewhere, Joel. And, and then who would... All right, let's not go too far. Who would Big Bob be? Ooh, who Big Bob would be spoke? Nah. Nah, you nah, don't want to make... Because that's a coach. You can't go that okay, way. Okay. If I'm going to say player that stepped let's, up... Let's say Caleb. Okay, I was going to say... You know what, dog? I'll even go no. stretch. I'm going to piss some people off with this one. Go ahead. Kyle Lowry. No, I got it. I got one better. Jimmy is Kachuk, right? And vice versa. Big Bob is Bam, right? And then uh, Barkov is Caleb. Because he's been... Uh, for, gonna, for a defenseman, he's been scoring a lot this I was, playoffs. For I was going to say um, Lowry resembles more of a Bobrovsky because okay. he's the highest paid player. Okay, so he has a, he's he has up a, there. He yeah, has a okay. big contract. He's a veteran, you know, yes. the game or whatever. And now he's stepping up big in the in the postseason when they were you know what I mean like there was questions about what he can do and now he's been playing big. But whatever I, way you want to spin it, it, dog, there's parallels any which way you want to spin it between the Heat team and this Panthers team, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it too, bro. Uh, such an improbable run that the Panthers have really taken us on, Joel, because you know we cover them here and and we follow their journey throughout the season, and we just didn't see the the continuity that this team played with and was known for, right? Like, I'm guessing that they were figure stu- figuring stuff out with Paul Mitchell, um, who was obviously a new head coach. And and after adding such a big-time player like Matthew Kachuk, you kind of have to go through that process, like Spo says, and figure stuff out. And credit to Paul Mitchell, man, for for holding on to his own, right? Not not deterring from the path and the mindset and, and the, the vision. Trust because the process. More than that, dog, you know, execution during the process. It's one thing to trust it, and there's one thing to execute throughout the process. Because it's been a process to even get into playoff contention, and it's been a process to stay in the playoffs for the Panthers, right? Like, they were down 3-1 to the to the Boston Bruins, number one team in the NHL, and had to not only trust the process, but produce during the process to win that series, dog, and break some history. And then you go up against Toronto, and you do the same thing, and you're putting up performance after performance after performance. They go out there and win the sixth longest game in NHL history, not just in playoff history, just in NHL history, period. Do you know who the longest game in NHL history is? Yeah, bro. It was like a 1956 game. 1930s Six, or something like that. I think it happened, and it was an eight-overtime game. And Wild. I think it was the Rangers, and I don't know who else. Wild. And the Panthers won that game in overtime, like they've been doing, um, improving to 7-1 on the road. Not just winning it in overtime. 
It came at the hand of Matthew Kachuk in the final minute of over of that overtime. Twelve seconds left, talk. There was twelve seconds left in that fourth overtime. You're, period. you're watching that, going, "All right, bro, it's two in the morning. I got this. Is going to be another thirty minutes." Yeah, Jesus, and all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, Matthew Kachuk just. Seals the game. Another goal for that guy during this run, which has been sh- simply amazing, dog. Like I said, they improved to seven and one on the road. As a dog, seven and one on the road, Joel, during this playoff run. Uh, you know, seven straight road That's win crazy. after losing in Boston. And then, boom, ever since that, has been win after win after win on the road. Uh, and the stars were shining. You know, Barkov, he played well, had a goal. We talk about Matthew Kachuk in the game winner, doing what leadership has to do in order to take your team to a to a championship, right? Then you have players like Big Bob who are keeping the Panthers in it, doing everything it takes, making improbable saves, like just being there, being aware of his surroundings. And you can see how much it means to the team because every time we win, no matter how we win, everybody goes to Big Bob because Big Bob is the one making the big saves. He has 63 saves that game, dog. The Panthers have been outshot on every single game so far in this series. And and I don't, that just means that Big Bob has to do a better job of saving shot after shot after shot. And the Panthers are just taking their opportunities and making the most of every single one that they can, dog. What an impressive run, dog. And, you know, this is, you know, they call them the cardiac cats because they feel like every time they're going to give, you're watching the Panthers game, you're going to have a heart attack, you know? And uh, even in games like this where they go down and they fight their way back. We're talking game two now? Yeah. Great game. It was an amazing game, Joel, because it's, again, just persevering, doing they, championship they, they winning They go up things. early in that game, I think, right? Yeah, they got a two, the first two goal. 2-0 or... Yeah, they got... Oh, no, they go up 2-0, but they call back that second goal. Correct. So they're up 1-0 in that game early on. Right. They tie it, come back, and now... Now you face yourself in another battle, right? Because now Carolina's thinking, hey, we already lost game one on the road, and this team is really good on the road. We can't afford any more slip-ups. We need to get this game on our home ice in order to keep our season alive and, and keep our the, the favor in our way, right? Go out there, battle, battle, battle. But again, Big Bob, the one showing up, making a ton of saves. And then our, our best player shows up when we need them to show up. Barkov. Kachuk, Verhage, Verhage, all these guys showing up. The guys who have been the best player throughout the season, right? Albeit at different times, right? Or maybe not content like together. Every game has been a, a performance where these guys are all contributing in some form or fashion. Goulds has played amazing defense. Duclair has played amazing defense throughout Mont- this pl- playoff. Montour, too. Montour, another guy. Uh, we talk about Eggblad. Um, that guy has been consistent as hell. Again, just getting the timely plays in NHL is always good for for a championship type run. You know, we mentioned Matthew Kachuk's goal. That was the third overtime winner that he's had during this playoff win uh, run. Became the third player in NHL history to have that many throughout a single postseason. You talk about being Hemi. That boy Kachuk is out there being Hemi on the ice, dog. 
And that's such a harder sport to do that because you don't get to control the puck like you get to control a basketball where you can dribble and shit like right. that, right? Like yeah. it's such fast pace movement always forward. Yeah, you're gonna cross check if you're standing still. Yeah, oh, dude, we see some big hits during this <laughs> fucking series against Carolina, and I expected that, right? These guys have been rivals for a long time in their division. Now they're in separate divisions, but you can see that there's no love loss. It's just straight up hardcore hockey, dog. Playoff hockey, which is always the best. Playoff hockey, bro. These 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 Panthers, dog. It's it's unreal. It's unreal. It's unreal what we're doing right now, bro. Six and zero, oh. and the fact that they're doing it at the same exact time as the Heat. It's like Jesus, man. As a fan, a South Florida sports fan, so we're like in heaven right now, bro. This is. Amazing, because we get we don't get love, dog. Nationally, we don't. we don't get love, and we still don't. And we ride with our teams, and we know. And then you know, especially you and I, dog, keeping up with them all season, doing yep. the show week in and week out, and couldn't put together streaks on the road. And here we are, what six and one, seven and one on the road during the playoffs right now. Eight, eight and one on the road. Crazy, bro. That means you're winning Crazy. game ones, games twos, game fives. Hard games to win, and the Panthers are going out there and doing it with their main guys. Big Bob, Kachuk, Barkov, Ekblad, you know, Montour, Duclair, uh, even Lombard. He came back for this this victory in game two. Just, just, bro, a a complete team effort. And that's what you need in the playoffs. You need complete team efforts. You mentioned uh, the, the Heat and the Panthers, you know, having this run at the same time. They became the first two teams in sports history to both make a conference finals or earn their right to get to the conference finals on the same day when they achieved that in their um, respective game fives and six. But just just goes goes to show you, dog, that this this city or this region, this market, whatever you want to call it, is is starting to become about being champions. And, and playing for championships and doing anything you can to get to championships. The Panthers are playing game three tonight. Uh, this is Monday, so you guys will know the result by then. But I'm expecting a, a home ice victory to go up 3-0 and keep pace with a team like the Heat. And it's very probable that the, Heat do, that the Panthers do win because they've been such an amazing home team during this run as well. I'm looking at tickets, dog, for game four on Wednesday before we leave to the trip. What's up? <sighs> Come on, dog. We're going to do this or what, dog? I don't know, man. I was already Sports telling you. Sports with Soso is going to be at an Eastern Conference final you know for what? the Panthers. And oh, shit, tomorrow. We, I can look for tickets for tomorrow for the Heat if you want. We usually don't do this, but if you want to sponsor your boys to head to the <laughs> Panthers game, I'm down for that. The, the Heat game might be a little bit expensive for game four. So hit me up on the side, Joe. And, and you know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work the Denver thing. Oh, keep that on the rack. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I, let's, let's get through the golf trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about that hockey. Let's to, to wrap this up with the Panthers. Uh, you know, we know what the Panthers are doing. You've been following the Panthers. You know what they're doing right now. Right. It's awesome. It's amazing. Now, you may not be following along with the rest of the league. So what's going on on the other side of the of the country in the Western Conference? Do you have any idea what that series is at? Or I haven't even looking? been paying attention, bro, to no. be honest. But I do know that... None of the teams on the West Coast has been as dominant have the, as the Panthers have been, right? They've all been in game sixes and game sevens, kind of battling. Um, the last game that happened was between uh, the Stars and the Golden Knights, where the Golden Knights won that game. That was Sunday. Tonight, by the time you're listening to this, they're playing again. Um, yeah, you know, Vegas is up 2-0 in that 
in that series. Damn, so if we play the Vegas Golden Knights, we got to go to Las Vegas, dog. see, now. We got to go to Las Vegas, dog. Sponsorships, inquiries, Yo, hit us up on the side. The Venmo's going to be right here at the bottom. We're gonna send, t- send it down to the Sports and Social Venmo account so we can it, get some flights. It's going to be wild. Trip. It's going to be wild. If we imagine, bro, having that'd the be, Panthers. That'd be crazy. And the Heat in finals during the same How time. How far is Denver from Las Vegas? Pretty close. It's pretty fucking close now that you mentioned it, dog. Yo, that's lit. Yo, we're gonna that's have to. We, now we got more shit to talk about we, off we, air, dog. We gotta Stay tuned, guys. Let's Stay tuned. Stay tuned. And, and, um, and, and look, if you haven't gotten into hockey, now is the time. Jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. There's plenty of room. And hopefully, you watched the game last night. Which, by at this point, by the time you're listening to this, the yeah. Panthers would have played Game Three, and they won. Yeah, just so you know, so they're yeah. up three zero and just saw the heat. <laughs> yeah, straight up. That's that's how we're rocking. Dog. The expectation is that high. Yeah, it's championship or bust. Yeah. We're at home now, bro. Wow, wow. Panthers Heat championship runs. Who would have thought? Look at us. Look at us. Not me. Not me. Not me. Uh, bro, you know, we got to talk about, we talked about golf to start off the show. It's only right that we get into golf before the show ends. We had the 105th PGA championship this past weekend up in Oak Hill, Rochester, New York. It was a little rainy the first two days, right? Second day was a a lot of wet, a lot of rain, but overall such a tough, tough tournament dog. And and for me, who's an avid golf fan, I'm not even like hardcore, like other people. I want to see the best struggle against golf courses and play at golf courses that are hard because these guys are the best of the best of the best of the best. You know, I want to see these guys performing and playing against the best because ultimately that's what gets the best golf out of guys. And we saw that this weekend, man, where some, some of the guys were playing amazing rounds and then the course just swallowed them up, bro. That rough, Looked like it was six inches high. Yeah, some guys didn't play an amazing round and were kind of <laughs> out of it from the beginning. Right. Um, nah, man, that, that course showed his teeth. That that course is tough. It's tough. long and it's uh, the rough is crazy and like the greens are small and like it's it's there's not a lot of place to miss. We saw it. We saw the top players in the world get their ass beat and beat. number one player in the world, you know, almost didn't make the cut, made the cut and just couldn't really put together a good weekend. You know, I yeah. don't even know what John Rahm finished at, um, who was my favorite going into the weekend. But we had fireworks, man. We had yeah. a, a stack, a stack leaderboard in the end. All the names that, you know, you know and love were there, including uh, a Brooks Kepka. Yes. Uh, who had a quote unquote meltdown at the Masters a month ago I against like John, Rahm, John Rahm. Yeah, because, you know, it wasn't really a meltdown it necessarily, but it was like he didn't really take advantage. And then he was quoted Saturday afternoon after his round with saying, you know, I learned something from that experience mm. and I will not be making the same mistake twice. Mm. And when Amanda Balionis asked him, like, well, what was it? What is it that you figured out? He was like, I can't tell you that. He, he kept that nugget to himself. And, um, it, it, you know, it's just more so on the mentality, you know. And he, he, he came out on Sunday with Victor Hovland. Hovland and him were battling it out, man. It wasn't like the Masters where John Rahm just kind of ran away with it and, and kept it right. really do anything. No, the, the field was in it. Scotty Scheffler crept up from behind. Yes. He had Hovland that was there, you know, kind of making a, a, um, a run a little bit there. And in the end, man, Brooks, he just came away with he it. He came bro. away, man. He sealed off his fifth major championship his third pga his ninth pga professional tournament win yeah and all while being under the live tour umbrella so he's the first live golfer to win a major since live has come 
into play. And, and truth be told, Joel, though. And I'll say that because Cam Smith was on the PGA Tour before he, you know, left. He, he was on the PGA Tour and yes. won and then, the Open, and then he left. Right. So that's why I don't say Cam is the first one. Brooks is the first one under Liv, playing for Liv actively to win a major. During a major in 2023, right, which is when they really clarified that these guys are going to be able to play and no matter what, because there was a little bit of controversy with that if they were going to be allowed to play again this year. And ultimately, it was the right decision to let these guys play because, like I said earlier, it's the best of the best of the best playing against a very hard course. Something that I, I that I visibly saw, you know, during during the tournament was how many bunkers were around the greens, dog, and there were a lot of hills, a lot of hills. So a lot of guys getting stuck at the bottom of the hill, in a deep rough or in the sand, where you have to come up and over. And uh, even Brooks ha- had to come out of the sand. He did an amazing flop shot to get out of the sand to keep the momentum on his side. You know, he played honestly. Amazing golf, though. You can say that he played amazing golf to win that tournament because for a guy who's had to face that mental battle and was out and outspoken about it, which you got to commend, and then going out there, recognizing you had that type of block, talking about it, and then figuring out how to overcome it and deal with it, and and then to come out a champion. Elite athlete right there. Elite human being, bro. Elite elite winner, elite champion, all that. But no, this this course definitely kicked the field's ass. I mean, it did, bro. Let's let's talk some names right here that didn't make the cut. Let's talk about our picks first. Okay, let's start with the picks then. Because I had picked Justin Thomas to win, right? He was my main pick. He was the defending champion. Defending champ. And And he didn't make the weekend. He did. But he struggled. But my dark horse didn't even make the fucking weekend. He did not Ricky, by one stroke. By one stroke, was Ricky was just short, man. Yeah. Just didn't have it. Yeah. But but that Saturday round, or no, that Friday round when it was raining and stuff towards the end, like some of the guys who went out early had a little bit of an advantage than the guys who went out later. Right, right. Right? And it made a big difference. Oh, it always does. Every, every, I mean, you can argue that that kind of made a difference too in the Masters. You know, when you go out Facts. late early. You know, instead of early, late, you know, changes it up for you. Get better weather or whatever. But uh, then my picks, I had Phil. Yeah. Who made the, the cut. He didn't make the cut. Didn't play that great. Tied for 58th at, at 10 over par for the weekend. And then my, my dark horse didn't make the weekend as well. Uh, tied for 40th at 6 over par in Sahith Tagala. He played great, in my he, opinion. He did, man. For that a guy who's learning, That kid's going to be around for a long time, man. He gives me VJ Singh vibes. Of course, because he's, you know, I don't want no, man. Obvious, but. No, because of how his, like, he's not. Not one of those powerful guys, right? He's more of like nah. Boy's got speed. He's got speed. He's got speed, but he's not like winning driving competitions. Is what I'm saying. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's a guy who has to place his shots and knows how to do that and can be effective when he plays like that. And I was kind of impressed how how he was just attacking this very tough course. Well, let's let's talk some names here. People that did that you might know that didn't make the cut. And I'll start with last year's uh, U.S. Open champion Matthew Fitzpatrick. Weird. Did not make the cut by one. Ricky Fowler, as you mentioned, did not yep. make the cut. Yeah. Um, Billy Horschel um, did not make Jason the cut. Jason Day. A guy named Siwoo Kim. Jason Day, who just won last week, uh, did not make the cut. Um, let's see here. Who else stands out besides these guys? Mackenzie Hughes stands out to me. Joaquin Neiman. Yeah. Now a live guy. He did not make the the cut. Scott St- Scott Stallings, Gary Woodland, neither of those guys. A lot of guys. Made the bro. Cut. Um, and then talking about <clears throat> the top ten, 
and the mix, well, we got a couple of live guys in there besides yeah. Brooks winning it. You also have Bryson. Uh, Bryson. Yep. Tied tie for fourth. You also had Cam Smith. Yep. He, he backed over the top 10 with a phenomenal round on Sunday. What an amazing round. But you played. can tell, like, that guy is just like the lack of play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not playing enough events or whatever, but like, he's still one of the best players in the world. I'm not going to lie. Bryson definitely, definitely impressed me how he played this weekend um, for a guy who was all about the power. Like when we used to talk about him, right. And trying to hit the longest drives and stuff like that. You can see that he's evolving with his game uh, slimmed down a little bit. He's more conscious of the type of shots and, and is more in tune with his positioning throughout the hole in order to give himself the best chance. He played really well. Yeah, he did the and whole weekend, he the played whole good. weekend, man, he played really well. Um, But yeah, man, he had, he had tons of storylines. Uh, players got their asses kicked. Today I saw uh, Joel Damon's caddy, Gino Bonelli, mm. who plays to about scratch, played the course today from the tips, tour conditions today. Nice. Shot an 85. Ouch. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that goes to show you, like, why these guys, like, and that's a good golfer. These were pros, and they were shooting over par. I mean, Scott, Tell, m- multiple guys shot a 65 on, on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, was, Sunday was a good day. It was um, a good day. A lot of storylines, but probably the best storyline of them all um, was Michael Block. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And now, if you guys don't know Michael Block, you didn't follow this weekend, didn't follow golf. Missed um, out. <laughs> you got to understand. So this is the PGA Championship, right? And the PGA is an organization, has other members outside of just PGA Tour players. That's the PGA Tour, and they have their tour players. But you also have teaching professionals, right. and you have other PGA professionals. Like the homie Alex. Like Alex. Shout, out to, Shout out to Coach Sib. He's a you know a PGA professional, I believe. Um, and Michael Block is a PGA professional at Royal Tribuco in California, where he is an instructor. But he also competes. He plays in mini tours, and he you know tries to qualify for other yeah. events and stuff. And sometimes it doesn't happen. But he lives um, the golf life. They had 20, 20 of those PGA professionals in this competition in this tournament. He was the low PGA professional for the weekend, finishing at I think even par. Yeah. for the weekend. Uh, one over par. I think he was one over. He might've finished one over par. Um, but absolutely amazing, amazing storyline around him. Um, plays well, even par, you know, when professionals guys that are making millions of dollars are, are not even making the cut. This guy makes the cut, gets paired up with Rory McIlroy on Sunday, gets to play with him. And not only that, Gets the lone hole-in-one of the weekend. In front of Rory. Doesn't know that he did it. <laughs> Finally realizes, has an awesome moment. What a moment. And then continues to make a, an incredible up and down on the 18th hole. Yep. To secure a top 15 place, meaning he won about a quarter of a million dollars in cash and also earned himself a spot in next year's PGA Championship. The guy shot three three 370s. For, for a guy who's competing with the best of the best, and, and we saw guys not even make the cut and shoot a 72 and have a 74, sh- up, be close to the 80s, this dude shot three 70s and a 71 on Sunday, Don. It's such an amazing story. Um, and I really liked what he said. He's like, this, this victory, yeah, you know, I'm never going to forget this for the rest of my life. Best weekend of my life, obviously. But it's it's more about the other PGA professionals that don't get a chance to shine on the tour or never had the opportunity or to make the game possible for people like us to exist, right? And and have this type of community. Uh that that just made me so happy, though, because he really gets it. This game is not 
about me. It's about pushing the game forward. And this dude's story is definitely going to push the game yeah. forward, bro. Nah, you can see it, too. If you're watching it, you can see him taking it all in. You can see yeah, him, take, like, being grateful for the moment. You know what I mean? Like, being present in the moment when him, when Amanda Batleonis was um, interviewing him and she told him, your son. Oh, my God, guy. Told me she that. She got me, though. Bro, he started to get teary-eyed and choked up, dog. And at home, like, it's like... <laughs> I love that guy. Congratulations, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you're just so happy for that guy, bro. Like, you know, he didn't win the tournament, but, like, he was, like, the real winner of the tournament. Yeah, Brooks Kepka won another major and was, you know, he's able to come back after questions of, you know, how great he can be and all this stuff. But Michael Block was the the storyline of this weekend. What what an inspirational story, dog. Inspirational story. Because if you're a golfer or you're trying to get into the game of golf, those are guys that you can look at and be like, that's what I can do. Not necessarily win a tournament like that or be in that, but I can be a PGA professional. I can be a guy who shoots a 75. and You know what I mean? And and be comparable to what you want to achieve in that game. And this dude's story, bro, is amazing. Amazing. Um, I can't wait to see how he plays again in that tournament next year. And well, he, you don't have to wait. He no, actually got invited, invited to next week's or this week's tournament. RBC, yeah, the, the RBC or something. I think it's RBC Heritage. Yeah. I think it's this week, and he got an invitation. Somebody backed out. There Amazing. was a sponsor exemption spot available. Hey, and you're in. Hey, right place, right time, my friend. So shout out to Michael Block. Best of luck to you. And shout out to Brooks Kepka too, bro. You know, he played during a, a tough tournament, tough weekend where the conditions were varying every single day, right? Up until the final day. And playing really tough. He went out there and won his third PGA championship, making records, you know, joining Jack Nicholson and Tiger Woods as the only two other guys who have done that. Jack has five of those PGA championships. Tiger has four. Um, became the seventh player since 1950 to win five majors, joining guys like Woods, Nicholas, uh, Arnie Palmer, um, Sev, uh, Bastaios, Gary Player, Sevy, um, Tom Watson. Elite, elite, elite names to be paired with, bro, when you're that type of guy, right? And uh, you could tell that Brooks really believes himself and the confidence is riding high. A guy was rocking the button open out there, you know, and, and just really being calm throughout his entire round, dog. Yeah, he's dominated, back. man. Brooks is back, so. He's back. He will probably be the favorite going into the U.S. Open. Yeah, and, sh- and shout out to Ho- Victor Hovland. So many times we've seen him get close and not make it. He played a great round. He might never win one. He, don't don't he say be, that. He might don't be say Louis Oosthuizen. Don't say I that. I think Louis has a major, actually, though. Bro, any little slip by Brooks during that Sunday round, and he loses. Well, let me tell you this. Because Brooks, because uh, uh, my bad to cut you off, but Hovland stayed with him pretty much stroke for stroke, stroke for sure, stroke. Sure, sure. But he tied for second. Do you yeah. know who he tied with? Scotty. Sir Scotty Scheffler. Scotty. Who had an incredible Friday round, 65 on Friday, I mean, on Sunday, Sunday to close out to get himself back in the picture. Yeah. If, After Brooks, shooting the if Brooks shoots himself out and he messes up and he ends up not being in the picture, Scotty's catching. And it's Hovland and Scotty going into a playoff. Could you imagine a three person playoff? No, no, no. But if it was just Scotty and Hovland straight oh, yeah, up. Yeah, the money's on Scotty. Forget about it. The money's on Scotty. Forget about it. Uh, the next major will be the, the US Open. Bro, so bad this weekend. Woo, woo, woo. Let's go, baby. Let's go. And God then, damn it. I'm walking away with a trophy. And then dog. the next actual major will be the U.S. Open. Yes, in L.A., which is going to be super cool to see how these guys handle that L.A. summer weather. It's going to be hotter than a mug out there, dog. If you've never been to L.A. or, or California in the summer, 
Trust me, it gets hot. It gets hot. It's going to be June fifteenth through the eighteenth. Yep, yep. It's going to be dope, man. It's going to be dope. And you know, you you know, your boys are going to be tuned in, and we're going to bring it to you guys the pre and the post. Yeah, already. It's already. Hey, but uh, this weekend, dog, uh, wasn't there a fight this weekend? Yes, Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko for the undisputed uh, lightweight championship, and it was bullshit. The fight was a great fight. I didn't watch it. So, what, what do you mean it was bullshit? You lost me. The decision was whack. Oh, well, okay. The decision was whack. Dog, when I tell you that these guys battled until the 12th round, meaning it got to the 8th round and Haney won. Ninth round, Visali won. 10th round, Haney won. 11th round, Visali won. And then 12th round, Haney won. It was like that. Back and back and back. And what is it? Unanimous for It was unanimous for, for Haney. David Haney, dog. And in my mind, I'm like, bro, I can see you giving a really close split to Haney, Right. Or to Lomachenko. I can see that. A real close split anyway because of how the third uh, judge would see it. But one of these guys gave like, I think it was like 10 rounds or, or nine rounds to Devin Haney. And I'm like, dog, what fight were you watching, my boy? <laughs> because Lomachenko showed to be a champion. He he hit Devin Haney a lot, was going forward for about three straight rounds, like literally negating every single offensive weapon that Devin Haney has. Winning those rounds, clearly. So in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be a close decision or a draw. I'm watching it, and I'm like, yo, this is going to be a draw, dog. I'm texting my boy Joe. Shout out to Joe, dog. That's my boxing guy right there, man, besides the godfather, Vic. Um, and, and we're texting, and he's like, yo, I got this shit by one. And I'm like, I got it as a draw, but let's see what happens, right? And sure enough, the thing comes out, and it's a unanimous decision. Dog. That's why I can't stand boxing. Boxing dog. is doing just shit like that, dog. More than anything, it, it it messes with the boxers because now Devin Haney thinks that he walked away with a clear and unanimous victory instead of being like, I fought for that split decision. I earned that split decision. I went out there and I boxed the best boxer, one of the best boxers in the world and went out there and put it all on the line and I won that fight. Now he's going out there with this hope of, oh yeah, I just beat this guy unanimous. When everybody else saw it as such a close fight. And even for Lomachenko, dog, like, yo, you're going to do me dirty like that? Knowing that I got more rounds than what you think you, I got and and not even giving me a draw, which I know I deserve the draw at the very least. You know, what I mean? Forget about giving me the fight. He's the champion. I get it. Those those little margins usually go the champ's way. Right, yeah. But for, for that one card to be so wild, dog, it's like, nah, man. Boxing does not need that shit, mm. especially when we're going to have these major marquee superstar matchups. We're going to see another one, hopefully, within the within 12 months between Bud and, and Spence. We need the, the commission to get their shit together when it comes to judging. They really need to do a better job of letting these guys practice or whatever. They can't just throw these guys. Not saying that they just throw whoever as a judge, but you got to do better than that, man. That unanimous decision was completely off base, man. And um, I hated it for the sport because mm. it takes away from what an amazing fight it was, dog. It was such an amazing fight. Um, shout out to both of those guys. Uh, I would love to see those guys fight again. Oh, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> and, and it's weird because now you got guys like Tank Davis saying like, man, I didn't think that Haney could get touched like that. But now I'm looking at him and I could probably knock him out. You got guys like Shakur Stevenson um, being asked in the ring after he went to confront 
Devin Haney, Devin, uh, Devin walks out, leaves Shakur there by himself. And the guy, the commentator, I forget his name. He asked him like, oh, what'd you think of the fight? He was like, Lomachenko got robbed. I don't think this dude won the fight unanimously and everybody knows it. So now you got a guy who wants your belt and saw you have a tough fight and say, I can beat you. I can beat you. If this is the type of unanimous decision you're going to win, I can beat you at your own game, wherever you want. So let's see what happens in this 135-140 division. Lots of fights to make. Ryan Garcia just got a new trainer. Uh, I was talking with Vic about it, and, and it looks to be a really good matchup for them. Let's see. There's lots of fights to be made. But we need the judges to do their job better, dog. Make make the fights make sense, dog. Wishful you know? thinking. Uh, I got I to gotta give a quick shout-out to the Marlins. Um, even though they got swept by the... The San Francisco Giants over the weekend, they they were back on track earlier in the week, sweeping the bad at the terrible Washington Nationals. And now they're starting a series tonight against Colorado or yeah, for this next couple of games against uh, Colorado. Just need to go out there and keep winning. Um, they're still above 500, yep, 24, 24 and 23, which is what we want from them. And as long as they stay can right there. stay right there stay in that right range. there until the, the heat in the Panthers run is over. And once that's over, we'll pick up right. we'll, above 500. We'll set the expectations a little bit higher. And I was telling a coworker today, like this, you know, you and I have mentioned it before, especially you paying attention to Sandy. Like if this dude has an extra two, three decisions, we're, we're looking at this Marlins team very differently. Like a possible wild card contender, which is what ultimately I feel like would be the ultimate goal for this season, right? Contending for the wild card. Yep. Um, I, I, a big shout out to Brian De La Cruz. Dude's been the most consistent player that the Marlins have had over these over this past week. He's been on fire. Um, ten of twenty three, uh, four doubles, two home runs, six RBIs, putting up a four thirty five average, swinging the bat well. Swinging the bat well, and this is one of the guys that we need to continue to rely on, and hopefully the pitching continues to come around. Yuri yeah. Perez, another quality start over the weekend. Uh, that cat, that kid, man, he's watch him. We got to watch him when he's on, dog. Yep. He's on Sports with Soso. Three things to watch for sure. Anytime he's pitching, man. Um, but yeah, going back to Brian, I mean, we, we need him now more than ever, man. We need yeah. the rest of the team to step up. So considering we just lost Jazz, yeah, yeah, he's gonna um, be out for a little bit. I think he's out six to eight weeks. Yeah, he's going to be out for a little bit. So figure it out. You got to figure it out. And the easiest way to replace offense is with good defense and good pitching. And we know that the Martins have been playing well defensively. They're not getting blown out like that. But they need to pick it up in the pitching department for sure. A lot of that relies on on Sandy, man. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Before we wrap up, I want to give a big shout out to Andres Aleman, uh, former coach at Team Soul. He's he's moving back up north. This is a dude who's uh, very instrumental in the community that he serves, um, coaching little kids to be like uh, weightlifters and stuff like that. And uh, I'm going to be doing a community spotlight on him later on. Uh, kind of a little Lulu, uh, Lululemon connection right there. Uh, he was an, an ambassador for them. So I got to meet the dude, real cool people. And like I said, making a positive impact on the community and uh, i feel like some of these guys deserve a little bit of shine so look out for that on the youtube channel coming soon oh yeah i love that dog and it's time What's our time? favorite time it's time to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a heat fan to tell a panthers fan to tell another heat panthers fan about this amazing podcast and what we got going on here we're bringing you the best coverage insights uh post games like reactions analysis yo more and we're keeping you up to date on what to watch with the Sosos three things. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Hit the notification button so you guys don't miss out. And until next time, peace. peace.